Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, we are back. This is the issue. It is Wednesday, July 15th, and we have a very good bounce back episode from that last short one we gave you guys. I'm sitting here. I have the whole booth to myself again. A lot of space here, but uh, I do have Tim on the phone with me now. Tim, how's it going in Florida, man? It's great in Florida. Uh, Love it down here in Clearwater. I'm enjoying it and uh, should be back back for next week. Yeah, be back for Monday and the uh, divisional predictions we didn't get to this Monday that we had to postpone. But we will be back with that on Monday. yeah, so Tim, I know you got a you got a story you want to get to first right off the bat here. Yeah, well, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes signing that big contract, of course, naturally, you know, Dak was brought into it because his ongoing contract discussions have been annoying. So, uh, so we can all agree that Patrick Mahomes deserves every penny. I mean, yeah, he has weapons, but clearly he's a dynamic, game-changing quarterback. I think we'd also put Russell Wilson in that category as well. Um, but but in a couple of years, Patrick Mahomes will start making forty five million a year, and uh, Russell Wilson right now is at thirty five. But towards the end of his contract, they backloaded it, so he's making over forty towards the other towards the back end, um, back couple of years. So there's two forty million dollar quarterbacks as of now in the NFL. Big Ben right now is the next closest to thirty four. Um, we don't really know if that's overpaying or if he's worth it or what. Cause he's been hurt. But Dak Prescott wants high thirties. The Cowboys offered him, you know closer to 34 35 and he said he wants closer to 40 if not over um then 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 to 30 million annually so uh, but i can't imagine anyone paying him that especially right now with the cap going down and a lot of nfl gms and execs have said that it's not only going to go down this year by 40 million it's going to go down next year but not it, for two straight years it's going to go down so basically basically dak wants more money when there's less money available for someone who's not worth it and here's why it's not worth it. So basically saying, with every weapon, third third best wide receiving core that going into this year with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, third best pro football focus rated, and the third best pro football focus offensive line. Defense is average, um, and you know he's going to have a good coach, good leadership with Mike McCarthy, and he's got a good stable front office, so don't worry about that. And he's got one playoff win. One playoff win and a whole lot of empty stats. You want to know just how empty his stats are? In seven games last year against playoff teams, Dak went eight touchdowns, eight picks, and an 84 pass rating. Okay, so so I would say that his, you know, first in the NFL in yards and top five in touchdowns, I'd say it's pretty empty if he can't do anything against playoff teams. But but he wants to get paid like Mahomes. So let's see, let's look at Mahomes. He overcomes, I don't know, pretty much anything. Um, his defense is not great. I mean, he's got a not great running game. They just they drafted a first round running back for a reason. He's got an average offensive line, twelfth best uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, so he just overcomes anything, and you know that when Patrick Mahomes is in the game, he's always gonna have a chance. He overcomes twenty four point deficit in the uh, divisional round against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. 
he in that fourth quarter comeback in the Super Bowl, you know you always have a chance with him in the game. Because now let's look at Russell Wilson, who's another comparable quarterback today. He is the 28th best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, and the 17th best wide receiving core. His best receiver last year was a 5'8", Tyler Lockett. And for a while, before that, Doug Baldwin, who was undrafted 5'10", wide receiver, was his best quarterback. Or who's his best wide receiver. So, Dak, if you want big money, why don't you go do something? Zero touchdowns in eight quarters against New England and Philadelphia is not going to cut it. That's not getting you top dollar. When it counted, he disappeared. Like I said, seven games against playoff teams, eight touchdowns, eight picks, 84 pass rating. Let's look at Patrick Mahomes. So he had four four games in the regular season where he played playoff teams, and then plus the three playoff games. So that's seven games just like that. He went 20 touchdowns, four picks, 109 pass rating. That's the difference between $40 million and $30 million, or $45 million and whatever Dak's making, 31.5, I think it is, on the, on the franchise tag. That's the difference. There's no way that he should be making top dollar. He's got to go do something. Dak, you want some money? How about you go play like you? No, yeah, totally agree with you. And, I mean, we've heard countless times, and I, I know Colin Coward uh, has talked about it on The Herd, and, and you hear, you know, the franchise tag is made for a guy like Dak. Um, especially with a new coach it's uh, here he's gotta go prove it it's here i like you but it's not i love you yet and it's not something that they're you know they're not willing to dish out that money until they see some proof like you're saying here and dax definitely got to go out and, and show why he deserves that money that he says he does yeah and especially even more right now like i said with the cap going down the next probably two years right Right, there's going to be less money to go around, and if he's not worth it, they're definitely not going to pay him. So yeah, you don't have the money to waste on someone who because it's not translated into wins. To be, to be quite frank, you go eight and eight last year with some of the best weapons. Um, I just it's just not worth it. No, not at all. And uh, we're going to move in here to some MLB. I got for us. Um, I got. I was looking at a story here today, Tim. It was uh, the top bullpens. Um, in this for this yeah. season, um, I mean, I, I agree with most of it, but there are some some things that you know I I'm sure should be tweaked a little, and I'm sure you might have a couple things to add to. Uh, the first one here, I'm seeing the Yankees at number one. Eight. Okay. I got no problems with that. But no. If you want to go ahead, and I mean, I have no talk about that. I have no problem with the Yankees being at number one. I mean, you have a closer like a Roldis Chapman. He's been Batances, Adam Ottavino, Tommy Canley. Right. I mean, just proven guys that are going to be able to come in at any situation, get you out of a jam, or even you know pitch and keep that lead and hold that lead for you. No problem with the Yankees being at number one. Uh, they pay their pitchers too, like they should, um, and, and they definitely have a solid bullpen because of that. Um, the second one here is where I have some issues, and it's with uh, they're saying number two bullpen. This is the Padres. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Their closer is Kirby Yates. Okay. He's a good closer. Good closer. But I'm not sure that that bullpen sits at number two in the league. What do you think about that? Um, If I can't, if I can't readily name three people in their bullpen, that means that there's probably not uh, the best bullpen. Um, like you said, Kirby Yates, I, I do like Drew Pomeranz and, and Craig Stamen a little bit, but I just don't know. 
there's just not enough there's just not enough guys in there. Yeah, I mean, collectively a 1.19 ERA, they were pretty good, uh, very good. But I mean, I think it was more of a fluke, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't see them being a top bullpen this year, especially in the shortened season. Um, but who knows? I could be wrong. Number three, we got the Milwaukee Brewers in their bullpen. Uh, you know, Josh Hader, their closer, and yeah, he's a baller. They got some setup, man. Like. Brent Sutter and David Phelps. It, it that's a that's a solid pen. That is arguably that that is I would say the number two pen in the league. Uh, definitely agree. above the Padres, I feel. Um, a forty seven point eight percent strikeout rate in twenty nineteen. I feel like that's where the game's going now. It's either strikeout or, or home runs. I think the higher the strikeout rate, the better nowadays. Right. Um, it's the one guys that are going to put the ball in play a lot. I mean, if you can get some ground ball guys, that's great. But that's just becoming increasingly rare in the game. So I think if you can get people with a high strikeout rate, that's that's where the bullpens are heading. Right, and it's going to be about who has the best stuff too. I mean, you look at some of these guys. I mean, their clo- their closer has some of the best stuff in the league. Josh Hader has a great his slider. His left slider is impossible. You can't like it is so hard to hit. And that's what's going to keep the ball in the ballpark, and that's what's going to keep them in the win column uh, for keep balls off barrels. Right. I mean, he's just he has a way of finding just just missing barrels and, and being able to get that ball past everybody. So I definitely like the Brewers. I don't think they should be at number three. I think they should be two, and arguably up there for uh, right on the Yankees' heels at number one. Um, at number four, we got the Rays. I don't know if you know much about their bullpen. They got Nick Anderson closing. They got Diego Castillo. They got, you know, Colin Poche. He's so good. So good. I, I think that's a great – this is just a great bullpen. They have a .22 slugging percentage against them in the last 22 innings. I, what do you think about the uh, – what do you think about the Rays? Okay, I'm sorry. You said the fourth was the Rays. Yes. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They, they they're using that the opener. Um. So I think the the data is kind of could be a little skewed on that when you use an opener. I don't know if you saw that last year. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Just I think the rotations uh, is better actually. Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now, and uh, and company. But hey. You think the Rays are a top five bullpen or top five bullpen? I, um, I just like I said, I think the data is going to be skewed because they're using an opener. Right. And then at number five, we got the Minnesota Twins. Um, closers Taylor Rogers. They got Trevor May. They got Tyler Duffy and Tyler Clippard. It, it's, I mean, that's another a lot so- of proven guys. Yeah, that, that's solid. Those are veteran guys, and honestly, I think the, the main thing with them is consistency. Right. Right. They. I mean, Rogers has a two point six one ERA. Uh, he has thirty saves. And you can't ask for much more from a closer. Um, Duffy had a forty two percent strikeout rate, and uh, I mean, it's just proven. I think that they should be above the Rays, and honestly, pro- possibly above the Padres. In my mind, it should go. It should be Yankees, Brewers, Twins, Padres, Rays. It's just the way I look at it. I can see that, yeah. That's the way I would shake down this um, this 
uh, bullpen standing starting the 2020 season at least. And we'll see. We'll have to see what happens later in the season, but that's where I'd put it now. Yeah, I I, I have no arguments on that. I think it's clear that the Yankees are number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you had a bit of an ice cold take here with this whole Miles Garrett contract. I don't know if you guys saw, but Miles Garrett big payday, um, $125 million. Five years, yeah, highest annual uh, annual average for a defensive player ever. Yeah, so that, that's huge, obviously. I know you said you had an ice cold take with it. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, during that whole helmet swinging thing, people were banging on him, and uh, which I mean, rightfully so. Um, but someone said that, uh, "quote Rudolph still still has a job making big bucks." Which let's let's slow down on the term "big bucks." Because I'm gonna say uh, Miles Garrett will soon be quote flying a sign to make money for weed. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I mean. That that take was kind of out of left field, considering that Miles Garrett was it was never a discussion that he was a better player or not than Mason Rudolph. He was obviously a better player. He just made a stupid mistake. Right. I mean, in that game, he obviously did something. It was a hundred percent based off of emotion. He's apologized for it and came out and uh, and, and tried to make it right. But I definitely don't see him being a guy that's you know going to be begging for a contract. And obviously now we know that that how, he doesn't need to now. <laughs> obviously know how ice cold, just freezing cold of a take that was. Yeah, they were mutually wrong because now he's the uh, highest annual um, salary defensive player ever. So oh man, and he congratulations to him. I guess he deserves it for his on field um, performance, but. Oh, one of the best defensive ends in the NFL, and I—that's obviously, you know, seen through this this payday he got. Um, it's it's huge, and uh, I mean, yeah, congratulations to Miles Garrett. I he put it together, and the dude can ball. So, absolutely. So we're gonna get to a break here. We will be back, and when we get back, we're gonna be covering a little bit of Kenny Stills, uh, a little bit of. Uh, college football, and I know we got some, some Madden, Madden ratings yeah. coming up. Yeah, Madden, Madden Better ratings. believe it. Should be a fun second part of the episode. Don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. And, Tim, we will catch up with you on this second part. Thank you, thank you. We are back from the break, and we have a full second half of the episode, and we have some new stuff that we are going to be getting to and covering, and you're not going to want to miss this. And we're going to jump right into it. Tim, do I have you back on the phone, man? Yep, I'm here, ready to go. All right, sweet. So did you see the story, Kenny Stills? Yeah, yeah. I did see that. Um, I mean, what was it? He said he felony charge. Uh, looked like that he was in a march with about close to 90 other people. They marched to, I think, the Attorney General's house. Uh so, um, I mean, I don't really want to get too much into the, the actual charges itself. Um, it is what it is. Depends on what you believe. Depends on what you feel is right. Um, I don't, I don't believe he did anything. Definitely not to warrant a felony, but it's not my, it's not my place to discuss. But I do want to discuss how that's going to affect Deshaun Watson, who just continues to just bleed weapons. Just, he just can't keep anyone around. Kenny Stills is probably going to be his number one receiver outside of Will Fuller this year. We don't even know if he can stay healthy for a full year. Then you lose DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, 
It's just he just doesn't really have anything to throw to. No. I mean, he'll be throwing to he'll be throwing to lawn chairs out there. He will uh, be. He's gonna be throwing to nothing. And, <laughs> I, and I do feel He's throwing bad. Throwing practice targets and practice dummies out there. Right, and I, I do feel bad for him. It, he needs everybody's looking for him to lead this team, but football is a team game. If you don't have the guys around you to make it happen, it's going to be really tough as just a singular guy, just as a quarterback to try to lead this team back from, you know, some of the, some of the troubles they have had with losing weapons. Um, well, I think you hit it there. I mean, not only does, I mean, well, he did have the Andre Hopkins, but even outside the Andre Hopkins and, and a little bit of Will Fuller, but like I said, he's always hurt. He doesn't really have much to work with. And outside of Laramie Tunsil, he doesn't have anyone on that offensive line who can even come close to protect you. If you look at his, all of his highlights, dude is running around for his life. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, proven to be a great mobile quarterback because he has to be in escaping pressure about every snap. Yeah. Is and, he- uh, I mean, it's just the fact that everyone puts the pressure on him for that team and everyone's saying, well, if he's truly that good, why isn't he, why isn't he winning anything? I'm like, well, because he's, he's got nothing around him. No, so I think I think they need to work on surrounding him and kind of kind of take that pressure off of him a little bit. Um, but there's just another blow for for Deshaun Watson and puts even more weight on his shoulders. Yeah, weight that he didn't exactly need either. He, I mean, he has enough going on and and, and trying to battle through and enough things already this season and who knows what he's working towards a big payday as well so he's got that on his shoulders too right and he needs to get paid and he also is you know everybody in the league this year is going to be working in the nobody knows what's going to happen right it's going to be different nobody knows how that's going to shake out if that's going to make a difference so not only does he have the you know kenny still's not going to be there and Hopkins this year, and his top weapon's not going to be there. But he's also going to be playing in probably no with no fans, um, in in a strange setting. It's it's going to be something. No TAs, no probably no preseason, so he's going to be thrown to people that he probably doesn't have a lot of experience with. Right. Yeah, he's going to be thrown right into the fire, right into the NFL. I mean, it's not a forgiving league, <laughs> and he's going to have to make something happen. Yep, I mean we'll see. Yeah. So uh, next thing I wanted to get into here is Notre Dame. Um, I know a lot of conferences have been coming out and saying that they're not going to be playing any out-of-conference games, which um, is going to be strange for Notre Dame because, you know, that, that's, Where do they even that's their belong? whole, that's their whole <laughs> season. Um, yeah. What's their schedule going to look like? It <laughs> might be an easy path to the uh, college football playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to, um, if they're as an independent and everyone else is just playing only conference, I don't, I don't see Notre Dame having a football season at all, if that's the case, but they do play seven ACC teams. So if I had to guess, they might throw uh, another one or two games on there, make it, make it eight or nine ACC games and call that a season. But I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say. And that's if college football will even end up happening this year. I mean, yeah, I know, I know we where, don't really know where we're at in Pittsburgh. Even we're almost back to where our peak was with the coronavirus in March. Um, so people are expecting us to surpass our uh, peak number one, and this second wave it's proven to be, you know, pretty nasty. So if things continue at this rate, will we even have college football back? 
Uh, I'm hoping so, but oh, I definitely hope so. But I would speculate this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I would speculate no. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff come out, even from governors um, that, that are putting out tweets and that they are thinking about canceling the college football season for this year um, until at least there's a vaccine, which, you know, could be at the earliest Christmas or sometime later in 2021. Yeah. It's it's not a good look for, for college football right now. And you got to think about all the other sports that that affects, though, because if you look at all the revenue that football brings in, football pays for pretty much every other sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I know if, just, this is just for LSU, but I, I would assume it's for a lot of other big big schools like that that have big football programs um, and big sport programs in general. LSU, the only three sports that actually are in the green profit-wise are football, um, men's basketball, and baseball. There's only three, and baseball is barely in the green by like a couple thousand. So right. look at look at football. They, it pays for all those other sports. It pays for legitimately every other women's sport and every other men's sport at the campus, at least at LSU. So right. you think about how many other, um, not only sports, but student-athletes in general. Um, scholarship money is going to be drying up here. I don't know if they're going to reduce the amount of scholarships or how that's going to work, but it, it affects so much more than just the college football season. I mean, yeah, even with team funding, like you were saying, uh, not just with scholarships, but just funding to for buses and, and getting the money that you need that for the season to even happen. And it's funny yeah. you mentioned LSU – and, uh, you know, bringing in money with baseball because they are one of the only uh, colleges that actually bring in money for baseball. Most other yeah. most other colleges are in the negatives when it comes to their college baseball, um, you know, their team. And they don't really make make any revenue off of baseball. Um, very select few across the country. And LSU just happens to be one of them. So that even means, you know, other schools, they're not even going to have that money that they're getting from baseball, even if it is just a couple thousand. Yeah. It's, it's a tough scenario. I don't think really anyone wins. Um, yeah. Well, it should be interesting to see how that shakes up and, and what happens there. But well, yeah, speaking of, uh, of LSU here, you transition to the, uh, the Madden ratings and, Rookie quarterback Joe Burrow at LSU. There you go. Uh, is, is tops of the rookie quarterbacks at 76 overall. Okay. Tua, Tua comes in second at 73 with uh, Jordan Love at 71, Justin Herbert at 70, and Jalen Hurts rounding out the top five at 68. Seems low um, for Jalen Hurts. I thought he should be kind of up near Justin Herbert, not because of his overall body works, because of his athleticism and, and his running ability. I thought that would kind of bump him up, but. Um, I think I think they're ranked pretty pretty well. I think maybe Herbert should be above Jordan Love, and I think Tua should be more of a seventy-five, even close to seventy-six with Joe Burrow. But I think overall it's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, I, I know that there are some people out there that are upset that Joe Burrow is a seventy-six. Uh, that they think he should be higher. Um, yeah. Here's the thing with Joe Burrow. You have to look at where he landed. He landed in Cincinnati. Okay, he's. You have to look at the teams he's going to be playing in his division. He's going to have he the Steelers. Has no help. He's going I mean, to have his offense is going to be good, but his defense is terrible. Right, and the thing is, he, he's going to be playing the Steelers. He's going to be playing the Ravens and the Browns, three of arguably the best defenses in the like in the at AFC. least the AFC, maybe even the NFL. Yeah, I, yeah, in the AFC, the Steelers' pass rush is crazy with Minka in the in the secondary. 
That's yeah, tough. Devin Bush gonna take another step forward at linebacker. Right, and you can't forget Bud Dupree out of Kentucky either. Dude is an absolute Absolutely. animal. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you get you get to the Ravens. They just they they are they always have good defense. They had another good one last year, and then you add Kalias Campbell, who they got for a twelve pack of Diet Coke. So, um, I mean, dude, they just continue to get better. And then you look at the Browns, Miles Garrett and company return. They get Grant Delpit on the back end. We'll see how he. Um, works out i mean they have a great defense as well so i, th- I think joe burrow's gonna be in some trouble at least inside his division his schedule isn't great so i mean i think i don't think that would play into the ratings but i do think that he's gonna struggle also i wouldn't be surprised if his rating goes down next year yeah just because of how much i think he is gonna struggle i think it'll go down to 75 74 but um i mean we'll see We'll see. We know, like I said, no one knows. We don't even know if we're going to have a season at all. So, yeah, I mean, I would, pred- I would at least hope that we would have an NFL season, maybe not a college football season, but um, yeah. I mean, when you look at the NFL, it's such a business. It's it's a huge business. Oh, We're so much, billions, so much relies on it. Billions of dollars in sponsors and and uh, in contracts with the players. So, I mean, I would hope that they would have a season of at least somewhat of a season. Um. But you look at Joe Burrow and you look at the pass rushes it'll be after him. Like we were talking about, you have in Pittsburgh, TJ Watt, you have Devin Bush, you have Bud Dupree, you have Cam Hayward. Like these guys. He's actually even rated, you know, per Madden rated above TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. So I mean, Devin Bush, I mean, so he. He's going to have trouble with this with the Steelers pass rush. He's going to have trouble with the Browns pass rush and Miles Garrett on off the edge. It's not going to be this... with the Ravens. I mean, it's, he doesn't have an easy game in division. No, it's it's not going to be easy for him. It's not going to be. I mean, not that you know the national championship game was easy for him by any stretch of the imagination. But this is next level. This is it's faster in the NFL. It's it's going to be something to watch. Um, and I, I agree. I'm interested, though. I mean, I, I'm definitely. It's definitely an intriguing team. I'm, I'm going to watch every game. That's for sure. I mean, I wish I'm going to watch that. pretty much every game I can with it because I'm just interested to see how he's going to do with all the hype surrounding him. I want to see. I want to see how it goes. And I wish him the best. I mean, I'd love to see. Oh, yeah, him no. Him. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to bang on him because I say, "Oh, I hope he does bad," but I hope he does great. But I just, I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't see him coming out and setting the world on fire. Um, I, I see him struggling. I don't see it. I don't see him winning too many games in Cincinnati this year, honestly. So, so you know, talking about rookie quarterbacks, let's transition to to the top ten quarterbacks in the league in general. Okay. Um, I don't think we have any surprises here with Mahomes, ninety nine overall, with Russell Wilson in second with ninety seven. Lamar, some people might say a ninety four is too low. I don't think it is. Dude can't win a playoff game. His passing is still. Below average, um, I think 94 fits. I think Drew Brees is a little high at 93. His arm strength just isn't what it is. Um, and then you got Tom Brady at 90, which I don't mind. But then you're going to put Aaron Rodgers at 89 below him. Aaron Rodgers still has more mobility, more arm strength. I don't think he has the winning, you know, aura that, that Tom Brady brings. Madden was. He should be higher. Uh, then you got Matt Ryan at 87. Ooh. Above Deshaun Watson, eighty-six. Above Dak and Park, eighty-four each, rounding out the top ten. 
So, first of all, Dak has a tiebreaker over Carson Wentz because I think um, his running ability and his, his awareness, uh, I think it was. But um, I get that Carson Wentz is injury-prone, but I don't think Madden's taking injury-prone into effect here. So, to have Wentz at 84 is just baffling to me. At least if you're going to put Matt Ryan at 87, Deshaun Watson is at least better than Matt Ryan. Yeah. If you ask NFL executives today, if they were the same age, Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson, who you're taking, I would bet 100% out of 32 NFL GMs, I'm betting over half would take Deshaun Watson. I'm betting over 60% even would take Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan any day. Oh, he's more he's more mobile. He has a great yeah. arm. He can, yeah. he can escape the pressure. The dude, he... Almost reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson in, in the fact he doesn't get hit as much. Yeah, I mean, he, he does have a, a bit of a bigger frame, so I think he does get hit a little bit more, but I still think he is more elusive, and he's starting to learn to get down and not take hits and stuff. So I, I agree that he's starting to get wiser with his decisions. But, I mean, I mean I'm even taking age out of it. If you're the same age, if you, if you have Matt Ryan and Sean Watson right now, both in our third year, for example, or fourth year, whatever Sean Watson's in, and you take Matt Ryan over to Sean Watson, you have to be insane. Yeah. I mean, it, so that's, the, that's the top 10 quarterbacks. Like I said, I don't think there's much argument at the top, but uh, at the bottom, I have some problems. Yeah, absolutely. Should we go over to uh, to running backs now? Um, Christian McCaffrey at a 99. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. I think maybe his numbers might be a bit inflated just because he's basically the whole offense there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at 99 skill-wise, I think he 100% he is. You got Derrick Henry at 93, which I think is a little low, considering he was an absolute workhorse and a freight train and untackle. Like, he, he just could not tackle him um, last year. season at 93. Nick Chubb at a 92, which is over Ezekiel Elliott. Wow. Which is at 92. He has a tiebreaker over Ezekiel. I think it's breaking that, uh, the break tackle. Um stat that, that bumps him up. You got Stalin Cook at, at 91. He's above Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is at that. 91. I was going to say that. I was waiting for Saquon's name to come up, and I was surprised it wasn't a I, little earlier. I'm confused that he's uh, the fifth overall running back. I would, then expect you go ahead. Him, I would expect him to be top three, honestly. I, I agree. Couldn't agree more. And then you got Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, who I think had a strong rookie year. I don't know if he's quite an 88, but I mean... You can make an argument. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to take another step forward. Um, and then Alvin Kamara at an 88 is the 10th best running back. That is just insane. Um, considering he has a very similar skill set to Christian McCaffrey, and when he is the primary person in the offense, you can see that he can put up Christian McCaffrey-type stats. So I think he should be at least a 90. Right. Um, so... I, I don't agree with a lot of the running backs that or a lot of running back ratings, but um, I, I can definitely agree. McCaffrey's a ninety-nine. I think Derrick Henry's second. I would put honestly Saquon third. Yeah. Maybe Dalvin Cook fourth. Zeke fifth. You could argue Zeke and Dalvin Cook, and then Nick Chubb. He just hasn't done it for a full year. He, he had a great year last year. Don't get me wrong, but he just hasn't done it for long enough, and I just don't think he's shown enough. But um. We'll see. I mean, especially because he's going to be splitting carries with Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to that's going to hurt him a little bit. No, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. And I think that Madden has a history of, you know, not not having the best ratings on on running backs in general. I mean, even for people that just play the game, I know I've played the game and I've been surprised with 
with how they have some of the running backs in there and, and what they where, where the, they fall. The criteria is and stuff, yeah. I I I would I'm surprised by that list and I'm surprised that Saquon isn't in the top three. Um I agree. I think just his size, his frame, uh, even his his football IQ. He's a very just smart how runner. Fast he is! Oh my god, he's impossible to tackle. Oh, and he's just a. If smart... you just watch this guy, you could say he's above a 90, 91. Yeah, and he's a. Sm- he was watching. He's a smart runner. The decisions he, he makes is. at the line and at that point of contact, it's it's huge, and I think it sets him apart from a lot of other running backs. Couldn't agree more. I uh, could not agree more. You got anything else with Madden rating? Nothing else, uh, nothing else with the Madden ratings. I, I do want to give a uh, little shout-out to Yossiel Puig. He signed with the uh, Atlanta Braves I did, see that. I did see that. Yeah, and then um, Deion Sanderson, I think, is uh, Shador or something. I don't know really how to pronounce it, sorry. But uh, his son commits to, to Florida Atlantic, FAU, over over Alabama and, and uh, plenty of other larger, more blue-chip schools. But uh, So congratulations to him, I think. Maybe he's trying to go down there. Maybe turn the program around. Something even some, just, maybe be something special for them. So I um, think excited to see how that goes as well. I think it's going to actually maybe watch a, a Florida Atlantic football game. Oh, absolutely! In the next couple of years. Absolutely. I think uh, I think they're even shocked that they got him. But um, yeah, they, they're probably like, oh, okay, I mean, I'll we'll take it for sure. I think that. Four-star quarterback, absolutely. I think it's going to give him a chance to start earlier. I think it's going to give him a chance to get a little more used to the way uh, the speed of the game, at least. Absolutely. Um, and you're seeing more people, more quarterbacks getting drafted from these smaller schools. You're seeing, I mean, Carson Wentz, North Dakota State. You're seeing Trey Lance is going to be probably a top three quarterback taken next year if he performs again. He's North Dakota State. You're, you're seeing people um, drafted from these smaller schools even – Drafted pretty high, so I mean, you can't even forget. Uh, like, look, you look even back to Matt Ryan, Boston College. Like that doesn't happen at Austin either. So you see, so you see, right. see these guys getting drafted from smaller, smaller schools. So I think that's that's the route he's going. Right, and you can't leave uh, Ben Roethlisberger out of it either. Out of Miami of Ohio, Miami, yeah. So I mean, like like you said, I think you're totally right here, and I think you made a good decision. Um, you know, the, the smaller schools, they can definitely yeah, be not, the path of the league. We saw our very own Ben DiNucci get drafted out of JMU this year. Uh, he's down in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, not now. as high, but still. I mean, still getting drafted, still in the league. So that's that's right. the goal. Right. All I need is a chance. So I think, uh, I, think I mean, obviously it's his choice. Uh, I'm happy for him. And uh, I'm going to monitor that because I'm, I'm interested to see, see how uh, such a big recruit is going to do at, at a smaller school like that. Right. We will and, definitely uh, uh, track his progress and uh, bring yeah. that to our listeners for sure. Um, And that just about wraps things up for today, doesn't it? Yeah, I got nothing. All right. Yep, that was a full episode. Tim, enjoy the rest of your time in Florida, man. Make sure you hit that beach, bro. Absolutely. I'll catch up with you Friday. Um, great show, and I'll uh, see you when I get home. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Catch you later. All right. That was Tim on the phone and a solid episode today. That was the issue, and that was July 15th. We will be back with you on the 17th, and we will have another good episode for you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining, guys. You could be anywhere in the world right now listening to anything, but you're with us, and that means a lot. Thank you, and we will see you Friday.